What's up, guys? I'm Cora. And I'm Sharon. And this is Learning on the Job, a podcast for moms. Join us as we talk about our highs and lows and everything in between on this journey of motherhood. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Learning on the Job podcast. We are so happy to have you here. So this past weekend was Mother's Day. Cora, how was your Mother's Day weekend? Um, you know, it was a it was a pretty busy weekend actually because I had to work on Saturday and Chris had to work on Sunday. Um, so the Mother's Day part was pretty low key. Um, my mom she left for a vacation, but before she left, she left me a Mother's Day gift, so that was nice. Aww. Um, yeah, uh, she got me this really pretty necklace um, with like a mother and daughter like symboled inside of it. So it's really cute, um, and among some other like bath things and stuff and. A Mother's Day card so that was really sweet um, and then when Chris came home he had some presents for me and cooked me a really nice dinner and we just uh, spent some time together so that's um, nice I spent most of the time being a mom really but you know <laughs> when it's your first Mother's Day and you're in the thick of it I guess that's what Mother's Day is all about oh yeah how about you how was your first Mother's Day so it was good um, we woke up and Jake I mean first off I woke up with Jenny as usual. Per the usual, yeah. Um, and then I woke Jake up a little later because he told me to wake him up when I got hungry. So he woke up and cooked me breakfast. I got pink pancakes with sprinkles. And then he made bacon as well. Nice. And um, so the gifts that he got me, he got me a new Lego set, a new Harry Potter Lego set for me to do. So I was happy about that. Nice. I know how much you love Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Um, He also bought these letter, these wooden letters that spell out mom. Oh, cool. And he didn't have Ginny paint them because he said, I thought it'd be fun for y'all to paint them together. (laughs) So I've just been making it into a sensory activity. Nice. Um, Putting the, like, putting the paint on them in the bag. And then letting her kind of squish them and stuff. Yeah. So it's fun for both of you. Yeah, and she seems to enjoy it. So, uh, and then once they're done being painted, we're going to put her footprints on one of the M's and her handprints on another M. So that I can have that and I'll put the year and everything on it. That'll be really cute. Yeah. And then he also got me earrings from Kay. Aww. So I was not expecting that at all. And I was very surprised whenever he came downstairs with it. Yeah, it, he he did pretty good. It um the rest of the day was pretty chill. He he took a nap. I did not get to take a nap. But Jenny and I we went outside and we got this new like little splash pad pool for her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw you guys were. Yeah, we played in that. The dogs played in their new pool, and so we just we had a fun chill day and nothing to complain about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, last year I was pregnant um on mother's day and we i remember just thinking like oh i can't wait till next year it's gonna be like you know the most special day and it's just i don't know what i thought it's just like oh when you're a mom you're gonna get treated like a queen which i mean i think that i had a perfectly lovely time but um you know you just uh don't realize that when you're when you're doing it, it's just another day. It's just like you're you're still being a mom. So yeah. it's just like you'll be a mom on Father's Day too. <laughs> when, when they get a little older, they can actually like do the gifts themselves and be a little more se- uh, self entertained. Well, and maybe when they're a little older, Dad can like take the kids out for an activity while Mom 
stays home yeah and takes a bubble bath <laughs> i will say jake did so jake did not shop until the day before mother's day and he had given me a gift card to get my nails done for my birthday which was back in december and i hadn't used it yet so i got to use it mother's day weekend nice oh that i'm sure that was nice and pampering yeah, yeah so i got to go get my toes done on the on saturday and then sunday had yeah. mother's day i don't think i've gotten my nails done in so long i can't even remember the last time i i want to go get my nails done we're going on a vacation in about a month and i i really want to go like get my nails done and stuff before i go i can tell you last time i did and i think it was your wedding i think your wedding i think my wedding was the last time i got my nails done too well because you got pregnant not long after your wedding then i got pregnant not long after you and i didn't I know that you can go get your nails done while you're pregnant, but I just didn't want to. I didn't want to risk it, and I I don't really like the smell of acetone in general. They say you should be careful about getting pedicures, um, especially in the third trimester because um, the reflexology can actually, like, make you go into labor, potentially, like, if you hit the right pressure point. So they do, like, say caution about getting, like, your massage, your but massaged especially interesting yeah. i didn't know about that yeah i um whenever i worked at the spa that was something they were always wary of um you can't give a um a woman a massage in her first trimester yeah and then um they try they basically try to frown upon giving like a reflexology or um if they were going to give a pedicure they basically leave off the foot massage parts just to just in case you know interesting so today on the podcast we have um, I think it's an interesting topic. It's definitely one I think all moms can relate to. And that's really about society's perception and expectations of moms, especially new moms, and how they expect women to just snap back so quickly after being pregnant and becoming a new mom. Oh, yeah. There's so much stigma around it, and people just expect you to just be able to go back and do everything that you were doing beforehand. Like, you didn't just make a new human and get them pulled out of your body. Exactly. It's very strange because, you know, they spend a lot of time um, asking, how's the baby doing and everything? But the mom is also a person that just went through this extremely hard thing likely traumatic i know it was for me um and you know it's just even i don't know it's just we're the mom so we're the ones that are already expected to be the main caretaker of the child so we don't really get a choice in like how much healing time we need both mentally and physically yeah i think so one thing is getting back to housework like just having to juggle maintaining the house and then like for us we have jobs and then now we have another human we have to take care of and some moms they have other kids that they still have to take care of while they're healing and you and I this is our first kid and we were both thankful to have husbands who were able to help pick up the load of the housework while we were still recovering but not everyone's that lucky not everyone's that lucky and i'm jake didn't make me feel this way but me as a person whenever he'd get frustrated about doing something not the fact that he had to do it but just like if something frustrated him i felt like i had to apologize oh, and i felt like oh let me come help you even though i can hardly stand up and get off off the couch and i feel like that's a big thing that's just like 
one of the things that comes with like being a woman in today's society is you are basically it's ingrained in you that you need to that everything is expected of you that you just need to accept that and then when you can't do something um and other people have to do it and it's even a mild inconvenience to someone else you feel the guilt because you're basically told your entire life that these are your jobs this is what's expected of you so even if the other person doesn't really feel that way we just can't help but feel guilty and sorry for every little thing but why should we we're i mean you and i we both had what is it six seven layers like cut seven yeah yeah like we are healing from a major surgery one of the most major surgeries and we're getting up and walking less than 48 hours later less than 24 hours later for most women Mm -hmm. and yeah just having to take care of this new life do stuff around the house i mean it's just it's just a lot and even to take the physical part out of it like you're you just changed as a person you've got all these hormones fluctuating through you like there's just so much going on but so much of that is just swept under the rug and it's very strange to me i agree i i think that it should be talked about a little more that women do feel like they have to juggle everything in general and then adding a baby on top of it we feel that pressure and i think that's one of the reasons why we like we talked about this a little bit in our working moms episode but so many women now are starting to go work from home because yeah, they it's easier it's it's easier for them they can do all the housework they can help manage all the kids they like some of them can still earn an income some of them their husbands go and get a really good job so that the women don't have to work well, and, you know, I um, I follow a lot of Facebook groups, and one of them reposted this um, thing the other day, and it was this office, um, and the it was, like, the office's business page, and they were like, you know, when you come to our office, you'll likely see kids. You might see one, or you might see seven. Like, a lot of moms work here. We are, you know, all about family, and we're all about making it work, so sometimes, you know our office workers they bring their families here and they'll be playing or nursing and that's just part of like coming to visit our office and all the ladies in the comments were like wow this is so great like I wish I had a place like this that I could go work and I agreed with all of it um but there was this one comment that stuck out to me and at first I was a little offended but then I thought about it more and I I kind of agreed with it she was like I want to like this comment but I hate that there is the expectation that women are supposed to um figure it out find a way to work and take care of the baby like which you know I think we're both in the situation we've talked about this before where have being just a stay-at-home mom like we is not viable for us like we can't live off of a one income um so that's just like not an option in this day and age but there's two parents and granted I think in both of our situations it just happens to make the most sense that we as the moms like are the ones that are with them but it's always the mom like it's always the mom that has to figure it out to make it work into her life and her schedule even though there are two parents yeah and i mean and there's exceptions to every rule you know obviously there's stay-at-home dads and and other people that have just like a different scenario that works best for them but it feels like nine times out of ten it's the mom yeah and i think this kind of really goes into something else i wanted to talk about since you brought up dads and that's the double standard that society puts on us 
So, like, you see a mom, you see a working mom trying to provide for her family, and that means that she doesn't care about her family as much. You see a working dad, and, oh, he's doing everything for his family. Yeah, he's grinding to support his family. Yeah. Like, that's the most um, that dads are expected to do. And, I mean, it's admirable. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate all the hard work that Chris, you know, he gets up early. He goes to work. And then he comes home and his work doesn't stop necessarily. Um, He gets things done around here that are, you know, the manly duties or what have you. Yeah, I will say, like, one thing just from my experience um, with me and Jake is because Ginny's breastfed and won't take a bottle, we have decided that Jake does bath time every night. Jake is the one who does yeah, bath time because I'm the one who puts her to bed. And whenever I tell people that, they're just like, oh, that's so great. Like, he does bath time. And, like, they make it such a big deal. And I'm just like, I mean, there's nights I have to do bath time, too. Oh, well, that that's just normal. Like, that's just normal for the mom to do that. That's normal for the mom to do all this. Well, and it's like, part of it is definitely, like, an instinctual thing. You know, obviously, mothers tend to have these more maternal instincts yeah exactly you know and um I felt it myself I really felt like I had no idea how to be a mom I was very concerned I was literally watching YouTube videos trying to figure out how to swaddle a baby like the months leading up to it but the second she was born and I mean granted those videos did help like I absorbed that information and when she was there I was like this is what I'm supposed to be doing right and the doctors were like yes but also a lot of it just kicked in it just I just immediately wanted nothing more than to take care of her. So I get that. But I don't know. It's just, that's, I just feel like because of that, it becomes just expected. Just like, oh, well, she wants to. So they rationalize it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, it would just be best if I left, it left it to her. Yeah. And I mean, like, because... I think Jake has just gotten very comfortable and I mean I'm not I'm not necessarily complaining because what we do it works most of the time there are times whenever it really gets to me but like at nighttime whenever we first came home from the hospital he got everything he got up every single time I did and like he would set a timer for every two to three hours whenever I was supposed to feed her next and he would get up and check on me. He did not stay awake the whole time that I did while I was feeding her, but he got up and checked on me. And then he would go back to sleep once I told him I was okay. And like now, if she's crying in our bed or if she's crying in the other room or whatever, he like he can sleep through it. Yeah, I Chris will sometimes tell me like I hate to tell you this, but I didn't hear you get up at all last night and I'm like I got up 3 times, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and I know I don't hold it against him because like I've said many times, you know, he gets up at four o'clock in the morning every mm-hmm. day. So like his sleep is precious. Like if the baby goes to bed at seven, seven thirty, he gets maybe 30 minutes to an hour that like, or like we get that alone time, like without having like the worries of a baby or like the fussiness of a baby, whatever it may be. It's our off time. That's not a very much time. And then he's like passed out. So I do try and be like mindful and respectful of that. But it's also just, I mean, you're at five months in, I'm almost nine months in and it's, it's disheartening some days just to not help, but feel burnt out. You know what I mean? I agree, and I definitely feel that same way. I mean, even on Mother's Day, like we were just talking, Jake got to take a nap. And, like, he wasn't doing it like, oh, I'm going to take a nap, you take care of the kid. 
it was like we were sitting down all together watching tv and he tries to hold jenny whenever he lays on the couch she just doesn't want to lay down that way she doesn't like to lay on the couch like that or it's not the time that she wants to lay down she's not tired she wants to play yeah and so i got up and i did stuff with jenny and i mean i wanted to take a nap and he took he took pretty good care of her that whole morning up until he took a nap but then it's like oh okay so now you're tired you're gonna take a nap and i still have to take care of our baby i was texting chris this morning because i had a um claire had a rough night so i had a rough night and then it's been a rough morning and he texted me you know i hope you get to take a nap today I just like it was such a nice sentiment but in my mind I just kind of chuckled like I don't remember the last time I really got to take a nap like even when she naps that's like the only time I have to freely get something done or to have a moment to myself so usually that time isn't like the, the thought of using that time to even nap hasn't crossed my mind in so long I know but like you know, going back to, like, the double standards, um, you know, they, with these things just being, like, so much easier, like, we do them so much often, so they're, they're so much easier for us, and then because we do them often, I don't know if you have this experience, but, like, I know that he helps you, um, with, like, the bath time and everything, but, like, I, I pretty much, I put Claire to bed at night, right, so if there's a night where I have to work late, um, or something like that, and, Chris ends up being the one he has such a harder time not because he's doing anything differently but because it's like a special event for Claire you know she's like so so and it's just frustrating because it's like even if I need to do something else or or hell if if I wanted a break it's not even 100% possible because I at this point we've done everything so much that I've backed myself into a corner where it's like I'm gonna have to intervene at some point anyways yeah we we're the same way so even if i so i I feed jenny she falls asleep while she's nursing i lay her down she might wake up when i lay her down or she'll go to sleep for a little bit and then she wakes up later jake can go up there after i try to put her down and he'll try to rock her to go back to sleep and everything but sometimes if she realizes that that's him and she wakes up long enough and thinks about it she's like oh daddy yep The same thing, like, when Chris, like, if he's, like, on days where he doesn't have to work the next day, I've gotten to the point where it's, like, I don't even ask him to, like, take over the baby for those nights because if he goes, if he gets up and goes in there and she notices that it's him and not me, she just gets excited. Um, She just, you know, wants to play, and then he's up, and then I'm inevitably up anyways because the other thing is, is, like, if my child even whimpers, I'm awake, so... If it if it's not being you know fixed immediately, like then I'm I'm gonna wake up anyway. So yeah, those are just I feel like some of the dad conveniences. You know, you get to have the beautiful child, but you don't all ha- always have to deal with all of the hard parts. But I agree. I think switching back to society, one of the other things that society kind of puts on moms is weight loss. Yeah, definitely. I mean, women are expected to have this, like, specific image all the time. But whenever they have a baby, you know, you you look at a mom and she's, you know, a beautiful, pregnant, glowing goddess. But literally the day after, which 
It takes a while to go back to um, anywhere near your pre-pregnancy weight, and especially in those first few weeks, like, you still look pregnant, basically, and that was hard for me. But, you know, society, like, some people, they do go back right away, and, like, it just makes it even harder because that becomes, like, the the expectation. The norm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Well, one, for me, like, so you and I both had C-sections, and almost what was it? I think Jenny was almost two months old. She was about a month and a half or so. You and I went and did one of those mom workout groups in the park. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that you and I had gotten back up. I mean, it was almost two months for me. So that was what, almost five or six months for you, five months for you. Some of the bending exercises were too much for us. Like we were, we couldn't even do them. Yeah. And like even jumping, like just jumping jacks, like sometimes the jumping, it felt uncomfortable. I realized like I had no core strength to even get down and hold myself in a push-up position like not even to do a push-up or hold a plank or anything just to get down on my hands and my feet in that push-up position I fell to the ground because I was like I don't have the core strength to hold myself up and some of the other moms who had babies like the same size as us they were out there doing stuff and I'm not gonna say like they were perfect or anything but it was hard. It was a it was a struggle, and I think that that's another thing. Is like one, there's the the expectation that you're supposed to lose the weight and look how you did before. But then there's also just social media in general. All of these accounts trying to tell moms you do this and you'll lose that baby weight. Yeah, you lose do this and you'll lose your lose baby this. weight in four weeks or whatever. And it's just like those are problematic. And also just like the fact that talking about like those things is kind of frowned upon you know like uh it's like we want to keep it under the rug that women struggle with their weight like and struggle with whatever mental issues they're having like postpartum like you and I have both talked candidly about how we've had postpartum struggles since giving birth but you know that's not something that like it's even when you try and talk to people about it, a lot of times they're just like, oh, well, it gets better. Like, don't worry. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Like, that's just part of being a mom. But, yeah. like, it doesn't have to be like that. And why are we just so accepted of it being like that? So another thing that I've been reading about lately um, that I had never even heard of, um, which is pretty surprising, is something that, you know, when you're younger, um, you start going through puberty. And then you're older, you go through menopause. But another um, trans transitional transformational um time that um is clinically studied is matrescence um which is what happens to you when you become a mom when you um get pregnant and have the baby you know and and it's um it's a scientific thing you know your hormones change obviously your body changes uh so much like these other parts of life um you know things about you change it's a very overwhelming time um Actually, uh, so I was reading this article, and this reproductive psychologist at Columbia University, her name's Orly Athan, she um, defined it as a holistic change in multiple domains of your life. You're going to feel it perhaps bodily, psychologically, um, and you're going to feel it with your peer groups. You're going to feel it at your job. You're going to feel it in terms of the big big philosophical questions, um, and it's the physical, emotional, and hormonal, and social transition of becoming a mother. Um, back in the day, this used to be 
more of a thing. And and, and in other, um, you know, in Eastern uh, cultures and things like that, it's more celebrated, you know, the act of becoming a mother. It's like the act of becoming a woman. It, it's something that is, yeah. it, is celebrated and that, you know, when you hear the terms, like it takes a village, w- women that become mothers are embraced, they're helped. But in today's society, and I feel a lot mainly in America, you know, thanks to capitalism, we are just designed to grind as hard as we can, work as hard as we can, um, and hustle. So that's part of the reason why women are just looked at as you have to have the baby, you have to get back to work, you have to get back to all your old duties. Basically, this was the life that you were living before you got pregnant. So now you need to get back to being that exact same person, but add on the baby. And you're never going to be that same person again. Yeah. Some of those things, there are things that brought me joy before I had a child that literally don't bring me joy at all anymore. Maybe even make me anxious now to think about. And yeah, it's just, I mean, there's just things that I cared about more before, but that space in my head and in my heart has been taken up with Claire now. Um, but I don't know. I just think it's very interesting because what I wonder what it would look like if we did celebrate those things more and if we did take the act of becoming a mother a little more seriously. And I don't know why we don't because we're all humans and we all have our own thoughts and feelings and we all have a mother. We came from somewhere. And if we want to feel that we were developed into the best possible version of ourselves, why are we not giving as much support to that first caretaker that in those vital years that is, you know, responsible for all that development, like give her the best resources and tools so that she can help you. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, other countries like in Europe and everything, they get a year off of work to take care of the baby. We get what? I got two weeks maternity leave. That was what I was offered. I had to take out FMLA, and so I was given 12 weeks, but... Unpaid. uh, Yeah, it was unpaid, so I had to I still had to use my sick and vacation days just so I could still get paid for that time. Exactly, and I should clarify, because I could have done FMLA, but again, it's unpaid. I I mean, some companies are better than others. I work for um, a small company, you know, it's, it's privately owned, and my, you know, the owner's did at least give two weeks paid maternity leave. And then on top of that, I took all my sick leave for the year and a little bit of vacation time. So I got about five weeks of maternity leave in total. I spent about five days in the hospital and then another two weeks fully recovering. So I'd say the last three weeks were more of like the true maternity leave. That's the other thing is like two weeks maternity leave. It took me two weeks to be able to like fully get up and like walk around my house again. Yeah. I'm supposed to just get back to work. Women are supposed to just get back to whatever they're doing after that. Like you wouldn't ever ask somebody that just had a major surgery to do those things. But when it comes to having a baby... The rules are completely different, and I don't understand. Yeah, and I mean, other countries laugh at us. Like, people in Europe, they laugh at America because they're like, why wouldn't you take a year off to take care of your baby? And they look at it as, like, everything that you said, like, you're taking care of another person. You're bringing life into the world. Everyone has a mother. But at the same time, you're raising the next generation. Like, exactly. Companies are not going to stay around for very long without that next generation of people coming up so 
I mean, we should take better care of the people who are taking care of our children and the next generation and stuff. And I mean, we kind of touched on this. I feel so many people are just like, oh, well, put them in daycare. You can afford daycare. I cannot afford daycare. Not only can I not afford it, but it's like, it's not fair also that that has to be the answer. So you can either provide for your family or take care of your child or do both and but don't complain about it but you need to get back to work and let somebody else take care of your child let somebody else be there for all those pivotal developmental moments even though you know your child better and you can take better care of your child than anybody else so it's like I want to take care of my child I just hate that it is expected of me to do it as well like if I need help where is it one of my biggest fears and i I'm, it shouldn't happen since I work from home and I'm with Jenny 24-7, but a big fear of mine has always been that my child's going to call someone else mama and look at somebody else as their mom because they spend most of their time with this other person rather than me. Right. My fear was always, I remember before I had the baby and since I get to stay home with her, This hasn't happened to me yet, but I remember bawling one day to Chris being like, this is the point where I do wish I didn't have to worry about a job or anything because like, I'm so afraid of missing one of those big moments, missing the time she takes her first step or, you know, and like sometimes I'll see like jokes on TikTok where it's like a daycare worker and I saw one the other day, it was like a daycare worker and she's like, oh, when the mom comes in and says that her daughter, um, said her first word yesterday and she just like jokingly think like makes a joke to herself like oh that's what you think or whatever because so often baby will say their first word at daycare and then to keep you know to spare the mom's feelings maybe they won't tell her that they'll let her think that she had that moment at home and I do think that's the nice thing to do but it's like that's exactly it like I I don't want to be in that situation I want to be there so it's just like it'd be better if I didn't have to worry about, you know, juggling my finances and taking care of her for a little bit longer. It'd be great if some, you know, there, there were more resources for these new little bundles of joy that, I mean, you know, I think it'd be great if we had universal health care that could pay for this stuff. And so that moms don't have to figure out figure it out that moms don't have to say like how am I gonna afford all this how am I gonna afford birth how am I going to afford to live when I'm on maternity leave because I feel like some moms they take such a short leave because they don't have another choice exactly able to afford it that's me I couldn't I couldn't take any days where I didn't work where I didn't get paid so I had to go back so that I could get you know continue to have a paycheck but honestly like universal health care would be amazing but also just if they could can make women's health care more of a serious thing instead of the joke that it is I mean with everything going on in the world today you see how discarded women are yeah um it's scary I mean that's a whole another topic that I but I do feel like kind of falls into the double standards because men don't have to worry about the things that women have to worry about. I mean, we live in a world now where it's like we could have a miscarriage and not be able 
to safely deliver the oh stillborn God. baby and I, that terrifies me that could that could kill me yeah I, so on face it's funny you mentioned that on facebook i just saw something yesterday it was this mother's story she lives somewhere in texas and because of all the laws passed and everything uh she couldn't get an abortion she made it i don't think she made it to 20 weeks i'm not sure how long she made it but she had had multiple miscarriages before and this baby they went in they found out that the baby had no fluid the baby's heart was too big so there was no room for the lungs to develop the baby had only developed one lung properly but still like it wasn't going to be able to fully develop like the baby had all these issues and that if she continued to go throughout her pregnancy then yes she could hold her baby and that was like one of her big dilemmas was that she could hold her baby but her baby would not live like there and they they did all this genetic testing and stuff to figure out why she had like why none of her babies were lasting and what was wrong with this one why she was able to make it so far but it still wasn't going to be a viable pregnancy and they yeah they found like she had something i don't remember what it was but they found something in the genetic testing and it was it was uncurable like there was nothing they could do the baby would not survive no matter what they did and if the baby were to be delivered at any time past uh, a certain time then it could potentially have killed the mom and so she she was forced to go to new mexico to be able to get the abortion and she talked about and this is a whole other topic, but she just talked about how people didn't know what she was going through. And as she walked into the abortion clinic, there were all those people standing outside yelling at her, assuming that she didn't want her baby, assuming all of this stuff. And she was several weeks along, so she was she had a little bump, and you could tell that she was pregnant. And yeah, she was just like she she had they made her have second thoughts about what she was doing, yeah. even though she knew that all the research in the world that they had done there was nothing they could do to save her baby uh that all these people were making her feel bad because they were telling her that she didn't want her baby that she shouldn't kill her baby but that was her only option and yeah she had to go out of state to do that because texas won't won't let her i mean and it's whatever you think i mean about the right to choose as it is like that's not even what i think it should be like the fact that there the the times where a woman's life is literally in danger um isn't even like a deal breaker like we are scared for our lives now scared that like you know i i was on birth control I was I was not trying to get pregnant at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just scary to think that there is literally nothing that you can do. And the double standards, you know, like if I wanted to say get my tubes tied, I have to get my husband's permission basically. You know, they won't just do it. The doctors. So it's just yeah. It's scary. It's just feeling like my life doesn't matter to anyone else because solely because it feels like because I'm a woman because 
the baby's life matters and they want me to be around and to take care of her to the best of my abilities but they don't care what the best of my abilities are and if they're not good enough I just need to try harder yeah it doesn't matter what my physical health is it doesn't matter what my mental health looks like that's not what the pressing matter is to anyone else to society it's like what I'm not doing enough of so I will say I don't subscribe to that whole like feminist type thing but I do, I do fight for rights I do fight for what is fair but I will say that it does get very annoying when the people in office are males and they are trying to make decision the decisions on females yeah it, I agree it's just you will never fully understand what you are doing and even if they I don't know it's like they're making decisions over whether or not I should live or not is how it feels yeah and that's scary and like i i understand texas is overall a religious state i i I get what they're trying to do but at the same time i don't like i don't understand the whole thing because even if you're trying to give these babies a chance from those people who just don't want to be pregnant I, i i understand that thought process do i necessarily agree with it I agree that the that the woman should have the right to choose, but I, I I can understand that thought process. But going through saying that you can that after seven weeks you can't have an abortion, so many people don't even know that they're pregnant. Oh yeah, until after seven weeks. And what were you? What are you gonna do then? You're just that's just yeah. the, the situation. Well, and then same thing with like if there's a medical complication, like this mom, I don't know what. The government is gonna categorize as a as an okay reason to get an abortion. Like, what is medical medically okay for them to get an abortion? But like this mom, she had something in her genetics that was killing her babies, and the pregnancy was not viable. But yet, the government still said that she couldn't get an abortion. Like, even even though like there was nothing that she could do there was no way her baby was going to live even if she kept carrying the baby like why would that not be okay for her to get an abortion here in her home state and then you have to go through that whole pregnancy which is a very like traumatic impacting thing go through birth and then not even know going into that that you're not even going to take your baby home and that there's a possibility you could die. And some moms choose that, and that's perfectly fine. Like, if a mom wants to ch- wants to do that, that is that is their right to choose. That is okay. But you shouldn't force a mom to do that because that is draining mentally. That is a big toll on your body because, I mean, whether they have a vaginal delivery or a C-section, like, you're, you're still having... Yeah, you're never going to be the same. And then, two, you're still having to pay all the costs for having a baby even though you didn't actually have... The baby to take home and i know that like and that that was your choice to do or you're being forced to do it but and it's just like i mean again whatever people's opinions are on like whether or not you know what you would do like regardless of like if you think people should have the right to choose which i think is a whole other thing like i don't i personally just don't think one person or a group of people's personal opinion especially when it's related to religion, should have to be impacting on the entire society. Separation of church and state, it does exist. Um, It should exist. Um, But, I mean, that being said, like, people will say, like, 
they like look at abort or like not allowing abortion um i don't know how to describe this but it's just like you shouldn't be able to just get an abortion you know it's like you made a decision you had sex or whatever it was like okay but what about people that were actively taking efforts to not get pregnant or people who were taken advantage of yeah exactly and i i will say i tread lightly on that one because i used to feel very strongly about that but i don't want i don't like people i don't think it's right to get in the mindset that like it's only okay to um to tell someone like that they have the right to do decide what to do with their body yeah. if something horrible happens well, to them. you I know agree. what i mean i agree i'm just sitting here saying that there are That's so many reason, different yeah. reasons that a woman could get pregnant it could be her choice it could not be her choice like there's just so many different things and the like they're just laying a blanket about everything yeah like and he had sex he made this decision i mean he may or may not have tried to use any birth control at all but like why is he not stuck with any of these like impacting life choices like yeah and then all, suddenly all of his like control is taken away you know i mean well, it's like the government the men in the government telling us that we have that we can't do this um no matter what our reasoning for wanting to do it is it's almost as if you were saying that okay after you have two kids then you have to get a vasectomy that's it like that's almost like the equivalent of it like forcing a man to go through a procedure that they don't necessarily not all men want to do that yeah and it is an invasive procedure it does have healing time which is the same for what you're telling us is like we we can't do this we cannot have this procedure if we want to so you're going to make us have a baby as another procedure that we don't want to have and change our body so that we don't so that we we have to have this baby i mean i remember when i was pregnant and i was so scared and like i would be bawling and some of the things i would tell chris was just like the biggest fear is that this is an inevitable thing that i can't get out of i have to have this baby there is this is something that i'm going to go through and it is going to suck and that is just something that at this point like like it's great i get to have claire at the end of it and it's something that i want to happen um, but it was terrifying, especially be- just becoming unexpectedly pregnant. I felt yeah. like that whole impacting life thing was thrust upon me. Like, you know, it's just, it's just, and if I, if a man wanted to say, get a vasectomy, like there were, you know, what if a woman, what if they had to get permission from their wife? Like, or you yeah. know what I mean? It's like the, it would never be like that. But like if a, if a man gets a vasectomy, nobody thinks two things about it. Yeah, it's like, oh, you just don't want to want to have kids. But, like, if a woman wants um, to get her tubes tied, she needs or to get be married. She need, yeah, she needs to be past a certain age, usually. They will they'll usually, like, they'll be very, you know, hesitant. It's like, well, what if you want more kids? Well, you only have one. You only have two. Like, you know, what did your husband say about it? Like, why does any of that matter? Here is what I'm here to say. Yeah. This is the decision I'm trying to make for myself. Like... Unless there's a dangerous medical reason why I shouldn't do it, um, which that can be a thing. I, um, my sister-in-law, she got her tubes tied and she ended up having to get a hysterectomy yeah. because of it. So, I mean, unless they can give me like a medical reason, my personal life shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not I get this done. Like that, that's not what we're here to discuss. Exactly. Like, why I, what if I was single and I never wanted kids? I have to get married and have children in order to prevent myself from having more children. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I think that this this just gets to be such a heated topic because 
so many people have different views and so many people I mean people like to say their opinions I mean we have a whole podcast so we can talk about our opinions of course but I know for me one thing that just really gets me riled up is like I, I wanted the kids and whenever all of this came out in the government and everything Jake and I were trying and it made me upset because the entire like I was so happy whenever we found out that we were pregnant but I was just so worried that something was going to go wrong because it's it's different and every pregnancy is different you don't know what's going to happen and you can't see the baby you can't see what's going on in there and so I was so afraid that something was going to go wrong and that because the mark is seven weeks I was like what if something happens and then I'm being I'm forced to do something else like what if what if something goes wrong what if something happens and I was afraid I mean one I was afraid for my life just because I wanted to if the if the first pregnancy didn't work out I wanted a chance to have more kids I didn't want to leave Jake all by himself but then two I just I was afraid for the baby I was afraid that I was going to have to like there there is a time in pregnancy whenever they've done a study that babies can feel pain so if you force a mom to go through a pregnancy that is not viable that they know ahead of time they're just going to be in pain until they die the baby is going to feel that pain and the mom is going to know that their baby is in pain the mom's going to be able to feel it too and that's just something i did not want to do well and it it makes you feel like women across america like are going to have future pregnancies and even when it's a joyful time, like even when it's planned or unplanned, but it'll, a welcome blessing, all women are going to feel even more anxiety getting yeah. pregnant than they already did because if anything goes wrong, their lives could be in danger now. Yeah. And, that's, and then, you know, and to wrap it all, like circle back around, you know, it's just you're going to go through those anxieties and then finally you get that relief of having the baby and now you've got a whole new list of expectations and anxieties and also we're not going to talk to you about it like if you have things you want to say if you're going through a hard time people are just going to say you know well it's going to get better you just got to yeah. you just got to deal with it you're just new, you're just new with this well and this also kind of goes into the whole thing i don't know if we really touched on it but women as moms and I mean women in general where society kind of pushes on us that we're not supposed to talk about our feelings we're supposed to hide our feelings and so all the stuff that we feel postpartum if we feel like we have postpartum depression if we feel like that we're tired or if something's wrong like people they just kind of look at us and they they tell us to just brush it off like oh it's okay oh it's fine it's a you're supposed to feel that way and or like welcome to motherhood and I think that's why a lot of women don't end up getting help because yeah. they think they're just told women from the past are so inundated with this thought that like you just have to push through it they keep pushing that onto new moms and then moms just don't get help they just keep being told like well this is just supposed to be hard well and I will say something like I so for the longest time I really didn't think that I was having any issues I didn't think anything was wrong um and I thought that this was just kind of like how it was supposed to be but finally like I went to the doctor last week and I was put on antidepressants for postpartum depression do I think like do I have like the worst case of postpartum depression no it doesn't matter but how severe it is like 
and but like the thing i think one of the things that really made me not think that i had it is the questionnaire at the doctor's office is so severe i was like no i don't feel any of this like i don't feel like i want to hurt my child i don't feel like i want to hurt myself well and i don't feel anything like that but it's like but the ones where it's like do i feel numb like do i feel like lack of motivation to do anything um do i feel like i've got static and like like a million things going on in my head at once like there's six tvs on yes and that's another form of postpartum but i don't know it's just well and it's like i don't feel like just lost in the noise i feel like yeah i just i don't feel like that all the time too like i'll have really good days like i'll have really good stretches where everything is perfectly fine. Where the serotonin in your brain is working a little better. Yeah, but then, like, there will there'll be a day or a few days, and it's, like, nothing. Like, it's, it's they're just bad days. Yeah, and, same here. Like, I had to tell my doctor, like, there are just some days whenever I get down, and it's, like, nothing, nothing really brings me back up. Yeah. I, I would just, everything will piss me off. Everything will make me mad. I'll just be in a bad mood. Everything will make me cry. Like, no matter what it is, I just have a bad day. I feel that. And I've, I've talked about this before, but I've kind of struggled with um, depression and anxiety for much of my life. Um, and definitely postpartum. Um, I've never done great with medication. So, and I've taken antidepressants before and they only exacerbated the issues. So, when I went to talk to my doctor... That was the first thing they suggested to me was, you know, get on some antidepressants. And if they work for people, that's great. I definitely recommend them. They just don't work for me. So I wanted to do more of, like, therapy-based. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on right now. But, I mean, especially the past couple of months, like, it's been a hard, depressive episode. There are days where I find myself in couch lock. I just, like, I have no motivation to do much. It's, like, I do what my the bare minimum of what I have to do, and I just don't have any energy or desire to do much else um lost like that spark you know mm-hmm. and enjoy and what i really find is i've just like lost enjoyment in things like you know once enjoyed like whether that be something like a tv show or doing an art project or something like that it's just it's hard and it there's not it feels like it's a hard thing to talk about because yeah. also when i try and talk about it i don't want it to come off as complaining so I just Same. tend to, I talk about it sometimes, but I don't feel like I ever really go into like the depths of how I'm feeling because we're all like just struggling and it just turn it just feels like it turns into complaining. Same. I mean? And I mean, even whenever I told like some people in my family that I was put on medication for this, um, some, pe- some of the people were like, well, why did they do that? Like, they, they were just, like, questioning me instead of... And, I mean, I understand. Like, they're, they're curious. They're like, oh, some of them were said that they didn't... I didn't seem like that, which mm-hmm. is good. But at the same time, it's, like, I don't think that everybody should just question it. And I understand if they're worried and everything. But at the same time, it's just... I... This is, this is how I feel. I don't want to really explain it to you. Because it is a very emotional kind of thing to explain and talk about. And I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you how I feel. And I don't want you to think that I'm trying to complain. And like you said, like people just kind of like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. Oh, you're complaining. Like, yeah. I don't try to tell people they're like, oh, no, you don't need to be on medication for that. Like that's, I get like that all the time. Yeah. And I think that's just really what it comes down to is just 
it's society. We've all done this to each other and we all continually do it to each other. And I think that having conversations like this and bringing things like this to light are the best things that we can do. Hopefully somebody hears this and they know that if they're going through any of these struggles, they don't have to keep quiet. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, message us. We get it. And we're here to build a community. We hope that these conversations resonate with other moms and that, you know, you can relate to what we're going through. So definitely, people, if you're hearing these things, we would love to hear your stories too. Yeah, let us know if you went through any of this stuff. Let us know what helped you because we're We're looking for it. (laughs) Yeah, we're two new moms. We're learning. (laughs) We would love advice on how to get through some of this. What makes it better? I know one thing I'm going through is postpartum hair loss. Always looking through that. Like my hair is so thin now, and I've I've looked up like it's it's not that you're necessarily losing hair. It's that your hair is just shedding so much more. Like. It's, well, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, yes, but also my hairline's receding and now I'm getting these wispies growing back. It's funny. I actually just made a TikTok about this this morning asking people like, what should I do with my hair? You got any advice? I want to cut it. And that was actually, I don't know if this is a good time to do this, but that was going to be my oh shit for the day was I hate my hair. It's gotten so much worse since postpartum. I'm about to cut mine because yeah, one of the things. The mom shop is coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to do it. It'll be perfect for summer too because it's exactly. so hot here, but I just. Every time I try to look for answers, what I find is that it says to cut your hair into a, into a cut that'll help give it a little more volume and fullness so that it doesn't look as thin. And then also as the new hairs start growing back, it's going to kind of like look a little better. Whereas like if you have really long hair and then you have like short hairs up top. It, well, so that's the problem I'm having. Well, yeah. And it's like. I don't know. Ever well, since I don't think I yours a, looks that bad. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But ever since I had a baby, the texture of my hair has changed. It's just not as soft or shiny as it used to be. It feels brittle and just, I don't know. So definitely looking to get it cut soon. I have really thick hair too. So I like, I want to do that. I want to give it some volume, but also I have a lot of volume very easily. So considering like something with like framing, maybe some layers, but kind of have to see how it goes i'm just upset because like i used to have such thick hair and like now putting it up in a bun like i can just feel how thin it is and it just it really upsets me it just feels like no matter what i do with it like it looks stupid i like try and put it on a bun and i've got like all this crap coming on the sides and like my hairline just looks fucked up but then i keep it down they literally come forward i don't know well i will say you can't tell like thank you whenever you do your hair i always think it looks really cute well thank you man i'm sure i'm harder on myself than anyone else trying to think of an oh yeah that is going on in my life right now it's kind of been a shit show lately so that one's a little harder to say um but I would say if I have any kind of oh yeah it's um I have this vacation coming up um every two years we go to the mountains in West Virginia um for a family reunion that's where my dad's from um really both my parents um but my mom grew up more in the Virginia area, whereas my dad grew up in West Virginia. Um, so the last time we were supposed to have this was in 2020, but obviously because of COVID, it got canceled. And unfortunately, since that has happened, um, I've actually lost multiple family members. So I'm very anxious to go to this, to see a lot of family that I haven't seen in a long time. All of my dad's um, brother and sisters, uh, you know, they're much older. My dad's the youngest mm-hmm. and my dad is like in his sixties. So they're all much older and I'm excited to see family. I'm excited to get a break 
literally don't think I've had a true vacation since the week that I took off that was supposed to be my honeymoon, but my honeymoon got canceled because also COVID. And so I've basically gone two years without any sort of vacation or break at all. And I don't think I can um, count the days more. Mm -hmm. I am so excited for this. I talk about the vacation all the time. Chris is so tired of hearing of it. I'm sure I'm just stuff to buy for it. And it just gives me something to look forward to. So you have every right to be excited. You deserve a vacation. Thank you. I agree. I just, I, I agree. What about you? What, what's your so, oh shits and oh yes for the week? I would say my oh shit is the fact that Jenny is cutting her first two teeth. She's cutting both her, both her bottom teeth at the same time. Yeah, she's got two new little teethers. I know, and I mean, that that is a joy, but at the same time, it's is like it she, yeah, she has the sniffles and she has a little cough just because of it. No fever, thankfully, but just all the stuff that goes along with teething. And then the fact that now it's just inevitable that eventually she's going to have to take a bottle or something because I, I, I know that some moms breastfeed once their babies get teeth and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can until I, can, until I can't do it you just gotta do it until it feels right for you don't worry about what anyone else does what anyone else time i've just tried to look up like what what do moms do once their babies get teeth like how how do you know and that might be an answer i've heard that some people they like they're just like constantly on guard and like once they once their baby like stops sucking and then like that's usually whenever they bite is afterwards and like you're just prepared to pull it out and i'm just like I, I zone out when I Yeah, it's like at night, you're just like, wake up, ah! Like. Yeah, so thankfully right now they're on the bottom, and so her tongue covers it, so I don't feel anything. Man, Claire, but, like, when she's, especially if she's, like, hungry, she'll just come up to me and, like, bite my arm, my leg, my face. She will just grab me and bite me, so um, I could not imagine. <laughs> I would definitely get bit all the time. Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm looking for any advice on that, if anyone listening has any advice. Um, but I'd say my oh yeah is that I have all but maybe like one or two of Jake's uh, Father's Day gifts. I know we just had Mother's Day, but like I'm one of those people I like to buy gifts well way in advance. And so I have all of his Father's Day gifts, and one of them I got sent for free from a company to do, and I'm really excited about that. Yes, I also have a gift. Chris's birthday is coming up just before Father's Day, and. Y'all will hear about it later, but Sharon and I both got some really awesome gifts for our men, and they're going to really appreciate them. Um, so, yes, very exciting. Yeah, I I'm very excited to see what Jake thinks. He's not us- He's usually a very like cool person where he's just like, oh, thanks, baby. And so I I hope that he gets very excited about this. I, I hope too. it really makes him happy. I do too. I've seen it, and I think it's beautiful. I love it. So I hope he loves it i think he will i think it's going to be a very meaningful gift just like the one that yeah, chris is going to get um i th- and i think that it's gonna it's gonna be a gift that speaks from the heart mm-hmm. um so and something that will be cherished for years to come um it's truly an irreplaceable gift so i agree i hope so so y'all hear more about those soon <laughs> uh well uh I, you know, this episode took a lot of turns that I didn't know it was going to take, but I think it turned into a really good conversation. Um, once again, I hope we didn't step on anybody's toes, but I, um, I appreciate, you know, just the candid 
combo that we were able to have today. Yeah, Cora and I always try to prepare for these episodes, but then sometimes we just get to talking and things come out. And we always do try to be very respectful because, I mean, everyone has different opinions. Cora and I obviously always have different opinions on a lot of things. Yep. And so we do try to respect everyone's feelings, um, but we just kind of say what we're feeling and what we think. Yeah, so, you know, and that's, I think that's the great thing about, you know, we have a lot of things the same, but we also have a lot of differing opinions, like you said, and that offers um, the chance for people to hear multiple different perspectives. Um, I think that's the best conversation, too, is bringing in different sides. You know, um, we have a good friend, her name's Alex, and I was actually speaking with her about some of the stuff that we discussed in the previous episode um just kind of asking her what her feedback was and she she said that she really did like that we were both speaking our truth and offering different perspectives um actually one thing that even if it did throw her a little off guard right well i think you know she just didn't expect us to talk about some things um but one thing i will i will bring up just since we've got it here is um you know in talking about um some of the things we're talking about about like discipline and stuff um she recommended to me a um an instagram page if anybody wants more information on um parenting um different approaches to discipline and um different approaches you know gentle parenting versus authoritative parenting and things like that um and he also has a podcast but his name's mr chaz and his uh, Instagram is Mr. M-R Chaz, C-H-A-Z-Z. So um, if that was something that was interesting to you, definitely look him up. We'll link him in also on our Instagram. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, um, and it, he, you know, she mentioned it to me because he offers multiple perspectives um, just based on, you know. So you can kind of get different perspectives, um, just see how different families do things and talk about you know just different approaches i i she showed me some stuff and i found it pretty interesting so definitely take a look at it yeah for sure and as always you can find us on instagram at learning on the job moms and send us any of your feedback send us emails we have the email linked there i believe yeah and it's learning on the job moms at gmail.com so always welcome to email us stories we need your mom fails so send us us those yeah and we love hearing about mom's stories uh we have had some people send us their birth stories and we're going to be sharing some of those soon on the pod and we just love hearing y'all's feedback too we love the comments on our posts and we love hearing what y'all think about the podcast because it always gives us new ideas and it helps us learn to make this better for y'all yeah i mean and this is still a work in progress with us we're only on episode five so if you have any topics that you really want to hear um, discussed um let us know yeah so uh thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to y'all next week bye bye